Hi there, welcome to the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, the Fearless Lady, Charlene Light. When I turned 40, I decided to create a really fun challenge for myself by stepping into my fears 40 different ways. I tackled fears around aging, going after my dreams, and even finding true love. This podcast is about that journey and how it transformed my life and how you can start looking at your fear as an invitation to step into your worth, invite more freedom, joy, and fun back into your life. Life can be an adventure. Live the life of your dreams. Hello there. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am so happy that you're here. I hope you are doing well, you are healthy, and you are keeping busy during these times. We are in, God, has it been five and a half months now um, in, you know, this pandemic? And I don't know where you're listening, but in Los Angeles, they still have closed the gyms. I believe... They opened um, salons, or at least I went to the salon actually on last Saturday for the first time, Um, and there was only two other people in the salon, so I felt very safe, and um, it's been, you know, it's become this thing now where it's just, it's normal. It's normal to walk around with a mask, it's normal to you know, eat outside. It's normal to, it's just like, we've just made it very normal, you know? Um, and because I've been really busy with, um, you know, just doing a lot of work, um, I'm really diving into my coaching and, um, just sharing so much more on social media. So I've been really busy and really active and and really doing a lot. So I don't feel like, you know, in the beginning, I remember feeling like, whoa, this is all weird. And as we should, right? It was, it was weird. <laughs> and we didn't know how long it was going to last. So I think I was like, well, it's three months. And I remember, you know, as I told you before, when I was doing the meditation, um, when I was going up to my roof during, you know, the sunrise and meditating, I would come back down and I would do a nice long bath. Well, I haven't, I'm not doing the baths anymore, um, simply because I've just been very motivated and very energized, you know, just from meditating, coming back down. And then I play um, some music and I eat breakfast. Like I have a routine now where it's become, I have like a whole morning, a whole full hour of just doing the things that really light me up and make me feel good. And it's so funny because I was doing, I don't know if you've heard of Chloe Ting. Chloe Ting does these free um, workouts on YouTube and I discovered her obviously um, during quarantine. And she has this new one out called, you know, two weeks to, you know, the best abs of your life or something. I'm just totally making that up. She doesn't say the best abs of your life, but she should. Anyways, I really enjoy her routines because they're only 10 minutes. And I was like, you know, I want to add that in um, because I was doing that before, like when we were just in quarantine, when everything was shut down, I was doing her workouts and I really felt good. And, um, so I added that this morning and I feel really good. So my routine has shifted and changed. I'm curious to hear how yours has, you know, the longer that we're in it, it feels, you know, time is so bizarre right now because when I look at pictures from the beginning of quarantine, I'm like, who is that? (laughs) You know, like, I mean, I've got makeup on and I'm, I'm just so used to looking at myself without makeup that it's become weird to see myself all done up with lipstick even, you know, because I have not been wearing any lipstick because, hello, we have to wear a mask. I mean, that's going to be a real interesting 
that'll feel really cool to be able to not wear a mask and, you know, because I used to just wear lipstick. That was like my go-to makeup, you know, little hack, which is, you know, no makeup, but I would put on lipstick because it just added a, a little bit of color. But now I can't do that, so I just don't wear any makeup. <laughs> I mean, occasionally I'll wear some mascara and things like that, but it's just funny to look at pictures and just, you know, see the difference. I mean, really visibly see how five months, almost six months in, how different I'm feeling, how different I look, and I'm just curious, you know, how you guys feel um, about what's going on. I mean, I, at least, you know, for me, it feels like, I mean, I, I know in New York they're opening the gyms again. I don't know who's going to be going, but um, I'm curious, you know, because now we're already in September. I mean, we are already in September. We're heading into fall. You know, we've only got four months left of the whole year. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing. However, when I look at what's been happening, like it feels like 20 years ago. It feels like 20 years ago that March happened, you know, because so much happened, um, during this time for me personally, and I'm sure for so many others, I mean, I'm very grateful. Obviously I have my health that I don't know anybody personally who has had, um, COVID. Um, but there has been so many changes that, um, it's been profound. I mean, I will talk about that, once I'm kind of, I'm clear on all of it and I can really articulate exactly what's been going on. But, you know, in essence, I've been going through a big up-leveling, a big spiritual awakening. Um, you know, I've realized that you really go through several throughout your life. And this one in particular, wow, it just, it just smacked me upside the head. I mean, it really, um, took me for a loop because of how extreme and how rapid it happened. You know, it was like boom, boom. And just everything felt like, what is going on? You know? Um, and it's sort of a culmination of a lot of years of feeling disconnected to a certain part of myself and feeling like I really needed to let go of this old version of myself, which is very much why I moved back to LA. Um, I felt sort of a soul's calling to come back to really kind of cut cords, you know, cut cords of the old me and to step into this new, um, I don't want to say new because it's been a part of me, but really just owning the fullness of who I am, really owning my own power, my own stake in this world, what I'm meant to do in this world, what I'm meant to do with my life, um, speaking so honestly, vulnerably, um, in a way that I would do, you know, here and there, but, but now it's like, I'm just doing it everywhere. Like there is no disconnect. There is no, um, you know, I only share this much and then I don't share that, you know, there's just no more hiding, I guess is the best way to describe it, you know, and when you, when you do something like that, um, the old relationships and, you know, as I mentioned, I think, you know, back a few episodes ago, maybe it's been 10 episodes now, um, you know, uh, friendships have gone away and dealing with all of that. And it's interesting, even with that, you know, initially I 
remember feeling like, oh, okay, this is okay. And I even talked about it on the podcast. And But it, it really, <laughs> it's a process because I think in the, the initial cutting off was, I felt very numb to it, like almost... I didn't really know how to feel, so I didn't feel anything. And then through a, you know, I've been going through, or I've been using a lot of tools to help me process, um, you know, a friendship that has ended that was, you know, a 35-year friendship. That is a long time. That is an ending and a death of an old me. And I knew that it was going to take some time to really unravel um, what that truly meant. And so it's been a huge process, but there's been a, such a willingness on my part to honor the process, to show up every day. And, you know, I have very specific things that I'm working through, you know, forgiveness, but not only about forgiving somebody else, but forgiving myself. You know, I think we talk about forgiveness and it seems so, you know, oh, I forgive this person. But what you're really doing is you're forgiving yourself for staying in something that kept you small or kept you invisible or kept you attached to an old identity that you just it isn't you anymore so you're really asking for forgiveness for yourself and I think the betrayal that I felt was really a betrayal for myself that I didn't have I, I just didn't, I wasn't who I am now in that relationship. And so I let a lot of things slide and build and resentment and, you know, resentment is that can kill any relationship when you don't express and talk about what's going on. You know, you don't express and talk about what's going on with you. You don't hear the other person. You're not checking in, you know, all of that stuff. And it just builds so much resentment that you just get to a place where you can't go back, you know? And, um, so as I said, this, this has been a huge process to work through for me. And, um, I feel like it's really, you know, and this is what's so beautiful about time. You know, I talk about how it feels like 20 years have passed. It's because I really am going through 20 or probably 35 years of just shit (laughs) of stuff that I, didn't have to think about that was just wrapped up in what it meant to be and stay friends with this person. And it's nothing to do with her. It's just who I was and who I was showing up and how I had to really hide in so many ways um, because it felt comfortable. It just, and so it makes sense that I kept that for so long, you know, and so yeah, it's that's what I what I find is so interesting with time is that I'm very very grateful to have this time because it's like there's no distractions and I'm able to go right into the root and the wound and really unpack it and give myself that space to feel it as it comes up and process it and then let it go. And you know, I can just I can only imagine what another 4 months will do, another you know, six months, another year, you know, where, where I will be a year from now, where we all will be, you know? And I just want to say, if you're going through something really difficult, that it is just like this for now. It is just temporary. It is not going to be your forever. Nothing is ever is forever. Nothing is promised that, you know, we, we aren't promised forever. And I think this pandemic is, is a 
sure sign of that, which is we just have no idea what's around the corner for us. So to really honor where you are now um, is so, so important and so crucial to our own healing and to our growth. Um, and so that's that's really been huge for me and why, like I said, this time has been so powerfully cleansing and healing and so hard but worth it you know um so we're gonna jump right into fearless act number 30 and um this one in particular so as you know i am a singer songwriter and a lot of my fearless acts um were around you know just getting up in front of people and just singing you know i did it on the subway and it had that beautiful you know, response with that man introducing me to the whole car. And so this was about, okay, you know, when I first was thinking of moving to New York, I used to get this all the time, which is like, oh, are you going to be singing on the subway? Are you going to sing on the streets? You know, like, and I didn't even know that that was a term. It's actually called busking. And um, so I wanted to try it. I was like, you know, I would walk by millions of buskers, you know, buskers. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's what they're called millions of buskers is that how you pronounce it i can't even say the word i would walk by tons of musicians you know playing on the streets with their you know open guitar case you know asking for tips or whatever and i wouldn't really pay attention or sometimes i would and sometimes i would give money but we just take it for granted especially living in new york city because it's just happening so much and some days you're just like i need to get to here to there and i have no time to pay attention to who's singing or who's not you know so i decided to go to washington square park which you know is one of my favorite parks um because it was right right in the center of where i would hang out the most which is between greenwich village and the west village and soho and really downtown manhattan so I decided to just show up. Oh, no, this is what it was. I was going to make a sign and I was going to tell everybody that this was for my 40 Fearless Acts. This is, you know, Fearless Act number, I think it was 30 or 31. Yeah, I just was like, I'm just going to play and and, then see what happens. So I'm going to read to you what I wrote and then I'll talk a little bit more about this one. So I decided to buy poster board and advertise that my performing in the park was part of my Fearless Acts Challenge, and that was a good idea. I quickly learned that singing alone in a crowded park doesn't garner much attention. I also happened to be next to the booth promoting National Orgasm Day, so I had some stiff competition. But my sign definitely sparked interest. People would walk by, read, and then take pictures or give me a thumbs up truth i wasn't really into street performing i felt distracted and self-conscious like nobody was paying attention to me i started to think of other ways to get attention maybe i can get people to do a massive conga line or lure a crowd to run into the fountain while singing the friends theme song i was just looking for anything more excited than me singing with my guitar after 15 minutes in a young vibrant nyu student approached me I'm doing an article on street performers and would love to talk to you about your challenge. Would you like to grab a coffee? Perfect, I thought. I was ready to be done. Her name was Yuki, and she's here for the summer taking a music journalism class. She loves New York, loves photography, and loves hearing people's stories. My kind of gal. She asked me about everything, my journey, my challenge, why I wanted to be a singer. And when I told her I taught myself how to play guitar at age 25, her eyes lit up. She's only 20. Thank you so much for sitting with me, she said. I think what you're doing is really special. 
Maybe that's what I needed to hear all along. We parted ways and I continued to sit at the park for a while. I started to think how I desperately wanted to change the moment and do something different to make it more fun, but I would have missed out on meeting Yuki. And sometimes when we want something different to occur than what is actually happening, we miss out on life's greatest gifts. Hmm. Yes, I remember um, <laughs> National Orgasm. I can't get away from these like... <laughs> It's so funny because last week I was just talking about, um, you know, posing nude for an art class. And then I remember walking in um, to Washington Square Park and I remember seeing it was National Orgasm Day. And so there was like this big hoopla happening, you know, from the people next to me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, how am I going to compete with that? Really? And I do remember thinking that it is really hard to busk. It is really hard to stand there with a heart with your heart open and just sing continuously even though nobody gives a shit and you know again it's this feeling of nobody's looking at me I'm feeling unseen it's like all of our insecurities show up we feel like nobody cares and then your mind your ego mind just goes crazy with like see you're no good you're not special you know you suck da, 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 da. and it goes on and on and on and on and on so it was so perfect that you know, Yuki came over to me and asked me if I wanted to do this interview because I was just so ready. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just so ready to leave, you know. And and it's funny because the universe works in, in really mysterious ways. And what I was not feeling was special. I was not feeling like I was special, like I was interesting, like I was talented. I was feeling horrible, right? And the longer I was standing there, even though I would get like an occasional thumbs up, people would just walk by, wouldn't care. So when she, when she was talking to me and asking me to tell her about my story and my challenge, um, and then she said those words, you know, what I think you're doing is really special. I was like, it just softened my heart and just made me realize like, you're so right. And thank you for pointing that out because we forget. You know, we think when nobody's looking, nobody cares. And that is not true. And it's really interesting how I kept getting this message, which was, you know, my ego would be telling me one thing, which is like, give up or you suck or don't do this or don't do that. And the universe kept showing me these angels, these, you know, they kept sending me these angels basically to remind me like, no, what you're doing is really special. Don't give up. Like, this is this is changing not only you, but you're changing other people and other people's perceptions around what it means to be 40 and what it means to go out into the world and show up differently and put your heart on your sleeve and sing, you know, on the corner or in a park or whatever it might be, you know, to keep doing, to trust in that, you know, our egos, they just want to protect us, you know, and if we remember that and you continue to show up anyway, um, that's when you'll start to see change. I mean, I still get people, you know, who perhaps aren't even listening to this um, podcast, but who remember when I did this, this fearless X journey and um, how powerful it was. And, and, you know, so it's just really important that we continue on and that we keep going and you allow yourselves, you know, a moment to kind of just be present. You know, we, it's so interesting because again, I, I, I spoke about this or I wrote about this on my Instagram feed the other day, which is that, you know, we want to escape 
uncomfortability. We want to escape pain. We want to escape, you know, the feeling of being ignored or the feeling of being unseen or unworthy. We want to just run from that. And I didn't do that. I stood there and it kept singing and the universe brought this, you know, sweet girl um, up to me to just tell me like, hey, I see you. I see you. I know what you're doing and I think it's special and to ke- and please continue doing it. So yeah, so that was my experience street busking and you bet, you better bet your ass that when I would see other musicians, you know, singing on the subway or singing on the street corner, I would stop, I would pause, I would look at them, I would I would acknowledge them because I understood what it takes to get up there and to put your heart out and and to just <laughs> feel like you're being ignored. I mean, it's a real, it's really difficult, especially for someone who, I mean, no, for everyone. Nobody wants to be ignored, especially doing the thing that they love. That's for sure. To, my, to all my street performers out there, I'm sending you a lot of love because I know, I see you, and you're doing something really special. Keep doing it. So day 31, I want to talk about this one, um, which was I got my nose pierced. And it was one of those things that, you know, I was really rejecting. Well, number one, I'm Jewish. And there's the stereotype that Jewish people have big noses. And I remember growing up, um, people would always be usually surprised that I was Jewish because, uh, quote unquote, I didn't look Jewish, which I always thought meant, I didn't have a big nose, Um, but there's this stigma around being Jewish and people, you know, assuming that, you know, everybody who has a big nose um, is Jewish and that kind of thing. So it's a real negative stereotype. So I remember always thinking, I, I actually do think that my nose, it's cute and all, but I do think it's, you know, it can be kind of big, I guess for me comparatively. So I never thought about I just rejected the idea of ever getting a nose pierced because I thought, oh, that's only going to look good on women who have small noses. You know, people like Lisa Bonet, for example, or even Lenny Kravitz, like, you know, or even Zoe Kravitz. Like, they all have these really cute, small, teeny tiny noses. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get a nose pierced because then that just pulls attention to my already perceived, you know, big nose, which I don't even think I have a big nose, but that was just, again, I think a perception about me then really, cause I don't feel that way now. Um, but it was an observation that I, that I noticed, um, or if people did think I was Jewish, I was a little bit offended thinking, Oh, maybe it's my nose, you know, like it's so crazy, but that's, that's what I thought. So I'm owning it, you know? Um, so yeah. So when I, thought about this one I was like you know I think nose piercings are so badass I just think they look so cool especially like a little one like a little diamond you know so I was like I really want to get one and my friend Nikki who had one um she said well I'll get you one for your birthday and I'm like oh awesome so I just researched a ton and I found this place in um I guess it was in Soho. I remember it exactly. It was on Broadway. And it's called Marie Tosh, I guess. And she pierces, like, you know, all the celebrities. And, like, you go on her website and it's got, you know, Beyonce's got a nose pierce and this person and that person, you know. So it's, like, pretty reputable. It wasn't, like, some, you know, grimy place in the East Village because I think I would have probably not gone through it had it been like that. So I walk in with my friend Nikki and... um, (laughs) 
of course, the people that are doing the piercings, I mean, they're like head to toe tatted out, you know, with like piercings from their nose to their ear to their cheeks. I mean, it's just like all over the place, you know? So I walk in, I'm like, I would like to get my nose pierced. And he's like, great, you know? So we walk upstairs and my friend Nikki was there for, for moral support. And as soon as we go upstairs, there's this other young girl. And she's sitting in the waiting room. He's like, okay, um, you know, I have one more person before you and then I'll do you and then pick out your, you know, your earring or not your earring, but your nose ring. And so I picked one out and my friend Nikki got it for me, which is so sweet. And it was just like a really teeny tiny. I remember it was like three little ball, three little balls all in one. So it looked a little bit like a triangle. And um, so we went upstairs and there's this girl. And we start talking. Turns out she's turning 21. So for her 21st birthday, she's getting a nose pierce. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm 40. And for my birthday, I'm getting a nose pierce. And we started laughing because literally she could be my daughter. I mean, <laughs> if I had her at 20, you know? And I said, and then she's like, yeah, but I was always nervous because, you know, I didn't know what my dad was going to think. I'm like, oh my God, me too. Oh, I forgot to mention this. So for years growing up, my dad would make this joke, which is like, you know, I don't care, you know, who you bring home. Just he better not have a nose ring. He better not have a nose ring. Like for some reason, having a nose ring meant like he was some delinquent or something or he was like, you know, I don't know, in prison. I don't know. But he just always used to make that comment about, you know, as long as he doesn't have a nose ring or you can't have a nose ring. So I just always assumed that having a nose ring would be like the worst thing that I can do in my life, according to my father. And here I was at 40 about to get a nose ring. But I was like, I'm 40. I'm an adult. I can do this, you know. Uh, But it was just funny how her fear at 21 was the same as mine at 40, you know, which is like, what is my dad going to say? So anyways, we go in. He lies me down and at first he numbs it um, just like you're getting your ears pierced. And so he does it. He numbs it. He puts it in and then it's like done. It's like literally one, two, three and we're done. And I come out and uh, and, you know, she's like clapping, giving me a hug. And the other girl's like all excited. I'm like, good luck. And, you know, I keep looking in the mirror to see it. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I got my nose pierced. You know, and I was so excited. And it's funny because um you can look on my Instagram. I have a little picture of it. And now I'm actually missing it. So, well, I'll go into details about what happened, why I don't have it out. But so I'm just going to read what I wrote because I think it's appropriate. There are two important life lessons that occur when a woman matures into her 40s. First, you generally stop caring what others think about you. And two, you realize the annoying voice that told you getting your nose pierced is a terrible idea is actually wrong. Perhaps I should speak for myself when I say this, but I distinctly recall my father telling me I can never bring a man home with any nose piercings. So I got the subtle hit. Nose piercing? Bad idea. It's funny how many of our inner voices we adopt from our parents. I always thought it was so cool looking, but I never allowed myself to think past that. I always heard this voice. Nose piercing? Bad idea. And then recently, I started to really love the way it looks on certain women. And I got to thinking, but maybe I do want one now, inner voice, and I'm old enough to decide for myself. So shut up, I'm doing it. My good friend Nikki came for moral support and because she got her nose ring at age 16. I picked out my little triangular stud and felt a bit nervous in the waiting room. There was another young, sweet-looking girl who just happened to be getting her nose pierced for her 24th birthday. Wow, I'm almost twice as old as you. We all all laughed. Are you nervous, I asked. I'm kind of nervous to what my dad will say, she confessed. Me too, we all laughed again. 
It was painless. It was simple. The piercing artist was also a comedian. I'm making this up, but he was actually really funny. And I left thinking, I wonder what other voices are really mine or left over from my parents. Maybe my 40s are about discovering who I really am. I mean, discovering who I really am, that's a lifelong journey. It's not a, that doesn't just happen in your 40s. That happens, I think, in your, through, your, through your whole life. You know, you will constantly be discovering who you really are. So that's it. That's it for this week's edition of The Fearless Lady. You know, street busking and nose piercing. Oh, so the reason I don't have a nose ring anymore is because when I turned 42, I had to have major surgery. I got a myomectomy. If you don't don't know what that is, I had fibroids removed from my uterus. And um, for whatever reason, they, they said, you know, we want you to remove it. They just didn't want anything. You know, I had no earrings, no nose rings, no, no piercings, nothing um, to interfere. So I took it out. And when I took it out, I just, I think through that process of healing, it took a couple of weeks, took about a month. I, I tried to put it back in again and it didn't, it closed. So I was like, you know, all right, maybe that was, I just needed to, uh, have the nose ring for a few years and then be done with it. Um, I still do miss it because I ended up getting a little teeny diamond. The only issue I had was when I would wash my face, I would forget and I would kind of, you know, use the towel over my face and then the nose ring would kind of pop out. So that was kind of annoying. Um, But other than that, it was actually, it looked really cute. I really enjoyed it. So there you go. Perhaps at 46, I'll get another nose ring. (laughs) who the hell knows? 46, that's a whole freaking year away. Um, anyways, so those are really fun ones. Next week, I'm going to talk about what I did, um, where I handed hand delivered love notes to strangers all throughout New York city. And it sounds like an easy task, but it actually wasn't. And I'll talk to you about that next week. I just want to say wherever you are, I'm wishing you so much love and health and support and whatever you need. Um, I just want to support you. And also, if you are interested in doing a 30-minute free coaching with me, I'm offering those on my website. You can check it out. Um, you can click on my private. Actually, I'll, I'll just post a link below and you can sign up. Um, and yeah, so that will be it. I will see you on the next episode of The Fearless Lady where I talk to you about passing out love notes to strangers. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>
Drifting away before we kiss goodnight I wanna reach for your soul Wanna hold on tight till you won't let me go But I lay like a fool Even knowing this is all I ask of you So take hold of my hand Turn the lights down low 